0: Hey everyone, let me ask you a quick question. Are you creating too much content without actually having a plan to get that in front of your audience? Well, this episode is brought to you by Content Repurposing Roadmap. This is my flagship course where I take you step-by-step through my content repurposing strategy. You'll get proven systems, real life examples, and fill in the blank templates to help you get started. If you wanna get more out of every piece of content you're creating, You can enroll for this course at contentrepurposingroadmap.com. Hey everybody, before we get started, I wanna thank my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. You can get unlimited podcast editing and strategy for one flat rate by visiting hatch.fm. All right, let's get in the show. Welcome to Distribution First, the show where we flip content marketing on its head and focus on what happens after you hit publish. Each week I share playbooks, motivations, stories, and strategies to help you repurpose and distribute your content because you deserve to get the most out of everything you create. Hey everybody, on this episode of Distribution First, I got to join Studio Pod founder TJ Bonaventura and we chat all things content repurposing. This one is a deep dive into my methodologies, how I think about content repurposing, and going really deep into how it has evolved and kind of where we see this thing going over the next year or so. So
1: really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into the show. So Justin, Simon, thank you for joining Content Frequencies. Excited to have you on because we're going to talk repurposing content. I feel like that is the topic du jour for, for <laughs> content marketers today. Before we, we jump in there, like, why don't you tell me a little bit why you think repurposing content is such a hot topic in today's world for marketers, and, and well, who have you seen doing it right? To start, I think part of the reason,
0: and it's becoming more and more thought of so I think one of the reasons because a lot of content marketers probably find themselves in a spot where I found myself in probably over the last five years which is as content creators that's kind of what we think of ourselves as first content creators so we're creating content all the time blog posts YouTube videos podcasts whatever that might be it's it's webinars on and on and on and especially in the typical b2b space typically when you come to a plan or a marketing plan it's Output based. What are we creating when? One of the very first things when I joined Start, we want a content calendar that shows what we're creating and when we're creating it and how, all that sort of thing. So, one of the problems with that though is when you're on small teams, when you're on teams that are tasked with doing multiple things, not just one thing, it very quickly gets overwhelming and you just feel like you're constantly running and there's no end in sight. Because if you're focused on production, there's really no end in sight you could create until the cows come home. But so for me, what I've seen is the reason content repurposing and distribution is so getting to be more popular is because it's a more effective way of getting ROI for your content. So a lot of people create something with the hope, even if they wouldn't say it this way, hope is their strategy that people find it. (laughs) I will create this and I hope my audience finds it without any real plan, sometimes they'll say, well, maybe Google or SEO, but they don't really have a plan for how Google will pick that up or what terms, or even if you rank on page one, that's not a guarantee you're going to get very many clicks, like all of those type of things that go into it. So I think it's just a real focus on A, being more strategic in what you're doing, B, understanding that you don't have to create so much content. You don't have to create blogs upon blogs upon blogs upon blogs, and that you can actually create less and still hit all your goals and do a good job if you're just thinking a little bit ahead of time in terms of what you want to do with the rest of that stuff.
1: How do you become more strategic, right? Like I think, and you mentioned small teams, I think we're seeing this with larger teams as well. Like you could have all the resources and, and all the people on your team that allow you to create that content calendar or use all the software in the world. I used to work for a software company that would do that specifically and still we'd find like this stale content from our clients out there. So how do you have a more strategic approach that allows you to not only repurpose the content, but also repurpose it in a way that it's meaningful?
0: It may be worse for bigger teams, to be honest, because the, the idea of turning that ship is much harder than it is on a small team. I think being strategic, it's sort of, for me, it always comes, you're asking questions in terms of like the very base level of like, why are we doing this the way we're doing it right now? Like I used to have those conversations with leadership all the time. Well, we're doing four blogs a week or four blogs a month or eight blogs a month. Why? What's the reason? Well, we need to get content out there. Okay. Why? How are we getting, you know what I mean? So it start you start just to peel back layers and ask some questions and you figure it out like, At the end of the day, you want to be consistently in front of your audience. That's what you want. It's an attention economy. You want to be in front of your audience with good stuff every day if possible. So then you just reverse engineer back from that and say, okay, in order, where do I need to be in front of my audience? How do I become, get in front of my audience? If that equals needing eight blog posts a month, awesome. We've done the math. We've done the work to figure it out. But otherwise, like, I don't even know what we're doing here.
1: Yeah, I I've been using this analogy, and I, I'm curious to know what you think. It, it could be stupid, but whatever. It's the idea of like the solar system, and I've been doing it around like podcasting, obviously, because that's where where we land. But the audience is the sun, and all the different planets and moons that are surrounding the sun are the different pieces of content. I think the biggest misconception is that all those different planets need to be original content. Like, why mm. can't this be? a piece of a blog post that we released a year and a half ago because it's still relevant? Or why can't it be a piece of micro content from, you know, an audio clip that we used two weeks ago? I think there's one, the idea that we need to create more content, which is fair, but like the original content puts so much pressure on content marketers. And then you end up finding, you know, you're putting out blog posts about the 10 best things to do X, Y, and Z with, and no one likes that shit, to be quite (laughs) honest. Like, I mean, sometimes it's useful, but it's more of an SEO play more than anything.
0: It's a fair point. I literally just wrote about this in my newsletter last week in terms of like originality and how like the idea of something being new, it's only new to you. Like I put a Google search in the other day and there's two billion results that came back. Two billion. So if you think you're going to write something new, there's two billion other things out there on the Internet already talking about the exact same thing. It's just new to you. And so like, I think that's the thing that we have to sort of get over too is like, oh, this is new. It's new for, you know, new for our business or new. It's original. It's got to be this and that. And it's like, like you said, a lot of times, and I felt this, right? Like you spend, there are certain pieces of content that you might spend months on. If it's like original research or like proprietary data or some things like that, where, or a report where you're really trying to create something unique and original, you launch it, you have a nice big push toward it for a week. And then you never touch it again. And you just hope people, oh, remember we did, and we'll do it again next year. It's like, no, think through before you even go ahead and launch that. Like, what's your plan to repurpose all that good stuff in there? How are you going to distribute it to where every month you're talking about that thing you just created? And how do you keep that top of mind throughout the year? Because otherwise, I mean, the ROI just is not even there.
1: I know you've mentioned a playbook. I want to go through an exercise or you didn't mention it, but you have a playbook, I should say. (laughs) I'm mentioning it for you. Let's say someone wants to do a podcast and they're doing a podcast. How can anyone listening or watching to this know how can they repurpose, let's say a 35 minute, 40 minute podcast episode, how can that be repurposed into content that could be used two, three weeks, six months down the road? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. A podcast. So I would cut in my, in my sort of framework, like If we're talking about that in particular, it's like I have like this 3C framework, cornerstone, core and cut content. That would be like a core piece of content, a podcast, sort of like something that's right in the middle, something you're doing every week, probably or or more, but hopefully every week. And with that type of stuff. So with repurposing and with um, distribution, oftentimes in the conversation I have with people, it's almost an instant overwhelm of what could like you said, what what are all the things we could do with it? almost unlimited things you could potentially do with it. So what I always have people do is is basically narrow yourself down to start. So pick one channel. Where do you wanna distribute content to start or where are you currently distributing content? LinkedIn and maybe a newsletter, or for some people it's YouTube and it's TikTok. Okay, those, depending on what channels you end up picking is going to determine what you create out of that. Because if you're doing email, you maybe don't need as many short clips. But, you know, if we're going to rattle off things you could do, you could definitely do short clips, clips out of the episode, you know, 30 to 60 seconds. Those are things that you could, depending on how you format them, throw them on LinkedIn, throw them on YouTube shorts, throw them on TikTok. You could do longer segmented things. So like a three to five minute video, if it's a targeted question or something that somebody might be asking, again, a little pre-thought before you record the episode to maybe see, we're going to do it on this topic. Are there any YouTube videos out there where people are already searching for this topic that we could cut? And so you can cut that and make that a three to five minute and see if that could maybe potentially start ranking for you. I've seen success with that before. And then I think there's lots of written content. So taking the overall theme and writing um, an email or writing a newsletter or writing a blog post that talks about the topic, you don't necessarily have to like paste the transcript in, but... Typically in a podcast outline, you'll have like some core blocks. And so just write those out. You could even, you could use the transcript as the, as the base of it if you want. And then from there, after you have each one of those things kind of written out, each sort of piece out of that newsletter could be formed into an angle for a social post. So I have like a freebie out there. It's linked to on my LinkedIn or on my website. That's just like 30 ideas in 30 minutes. And it's just basically like a brain dump of taking different angles and different things. So I'm taking this topic and I'm gonna write a listicle about it. Or I'm taking this topic and I'm gonna write a how-to or I'm gonna take this topic and I'm gonna write a story. And so it's just being able to brain dump those things. But yeah, I think it's finding the channel, finding the, the different types of content that go on that channel and then just honestly slicing and dicing different angles. And so by that point coming down, you might have, I mean, there's potential when you're bringing in micro content for like, 30 plus pieces
1: It almost gets to a point when you say it like that that there's almost like a analysis or paralysis by analysis type situation like we we can literally do so many pieces of with this i think
0: yeah absolutely that's why like literally when i like have strategy calls with people i tell them don't try to do everything like when i was doing my the podcast at metadata we did four social clips out of a 30 to four just because I knew if I did a podcast every single week and I could find the four best clips out of that and we could share those consistently, that's better than getting 10 mediocre ones, especially if I'm not necessarily like sure on how to make that sustainable yet and use 10 social clips. So that's where I say like reverse engineer it back from your actual distribution plan because then you know, oh, I need to fill this day, this day, this day, this day with this type of content. Cool. Out of this episode, I need four things. Boom, boom, boom. It just makes it a little bit easier.
1: It's exciting because a lot of organizations are still have still yet to use podcasting as part of their overall content strategy. And yeah. there's this idea of like we can't measure ROI, which there's trends that are changing against that narrative. But even from like a pure content play, it makes a lot of sense. Even if you're doing a pod an episode like once a month, you're getting so much content out of that. Especially if you have a quality host and guests. Like there is an infinite amount of distribution pieces that could be done from that. I don't know why people aren't jumping on it quicker, but it's, we're getting there slowly and I know you've been on it for a bit too. So it'll be cool to see where where the B2B space goes with with podcasting overall next year or so. I want to chat about quality versus speed, right? Because I think there is this idea of creating evergreen content versus being well thought out with the type of content that we want to eventually distribute. What is your thoughts on the management of quality versus speed, especially, you know, someone who's, who's been in the thick of it with organizations and, you know, we have to do a blogs or we need to get a piece of content out every week, you know, tell me what your, what your thoughts are and how organizations can manage that.
0: Yep. It comes down to a little bit of forethought. So like planning ahead is massive, like actually putting thought ahead of time before just jumping into the deep end of like, we're going to do whatever that is, whatever your content plan is, whether it's a podcast or a series of blogs or whatever, like actually having some forethought into what we want and how we can do it. Because then you can actually have a plan. It's not so ad hoc of like waking up Monday morning and be like, all right, what are we going to cut out of this this week? It's like, ah, like that's what you want to avoid. And that's where honestly quality issues start to happen is like, oh, we're recording The episode on Thursday, it's Thursday morning, better cram out a outline right now and not think so like just planning ahead and having some forethought will help help quality. And I think truly, like you had said, even if you do one a month, but quality host, quality guest, quality content at the top is necessary for quality content at the bottom So like, if you repurpose a turd up here and the content stinks, it's not going to become good down below. That's a massive part of it is I think oftentimes what makes quality video is like really good sound, like having good sound, having even okay video quality. It doesn't have to be 4k, but just like, you know, solid, good quality video. And then doing it consistently over time is massive. Like... Like you said, I think sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed and say, everybody's doing a podcast or everybody's putting videos out or doing this or that. And I do think there's time to like iterate and adjust and do different things. But in terms of trying to figure out how to get quality versus quantity, I think it's tough. You don't want to put junk out. I'll say that. And so that's where I would, I would much rather put out three really good clips than like six. Okay. Clips, because if you, if you don't, love the point or the take or the, the reason you're like, if it's not actually helpful, useful, valuable, entertaining, any of those things, like, I just don't see, I don't think it's,
1: it's really worth it. Who's doing this right? Like who have you worked with or who do you pay attention to? That is really, it's one of those things where you see it from the lens from yourself, if you're an organization of like, Oh, we were repurposing content and it makes it feel like whether it's stale or it's old, but like, from the outside looking in, you don't really know. Like, you can't, you don't really know. So, like, I'm curious to know from your side of things, who is doing this right? Like, who who's really getting it? And, like, who has seen the, you know, benefits of it?
0: I'll go on the creator side. I look at a lot of creators. Like, that's what I'll say, too. I look at a lot of individual creators and who I find. I look at very little companies because I think companies stink at this. But in terms of, like, creators, like, I absolutely love what Chris Doe does at the future. Like, I think they actually like just go to their youtube channel and reverse engineer what they're doing and you will see a repurposing framework built out and see it in action whether it's youtube shorts whether it's shorter youtube videos whether well, it's longer podcast episodes how that transfers over at times to his instagram account and he's creating beautiful looking carousels off of it it's just all t- it all has thought and you know it all ties together and has a through point And I just love that. And it's on brand, it's on point, like it's all like on the same topics and he knows his niche. It's, I I love it. I love to see it. Cause so many times it's random smattering, it's not distributed well, nothing gets repurposed. It's, hey, here's our podcast episode and that's all we did. So I absolutely love what Christo does.
1: Why are organizations like, why are they so bad at it? I
0: don't think people focus on it. I honestly, I think like people do not, put an emphasis on it and there's, it's hard to put metrics around a lot of this stuff too. You know, a lot, one of the main questions I get also is how do you measure success? What's the number you put behind it? What's the, you know, and it's like, Ooh, like a balance, you know, like there are on platform measurements, right? Like if I'm sending an email and that that's one of my distribution channels, my metrics are totally, completely different than LinkedIn or TikTok, or it's not traditional, black and white. I pay for this keyword. I create a piece of content for this keyword. Therefore I rank for keyword and I'm tracking keywords or I'm tracking page visits or I'm tracking demos or leads or all of that stuff off of it. And I think those are the types of things that hang people up and they're looking for short term wins. They're not looking for like this long term investment in like building a brand because when crap hits the fan, it's like, oh, we got to turn money now. And so you just try to f- start trying to find like turning levers and, t- and doing things like. I just don't think it's a focus.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you the question because I mean it's kind of a, it was kind of a loaded question because I mean I see <laughs> it too. We work with organizations specifically, right? And so you said it very very eloquently where it's it's a long term investment. It's something that you have to just commit. At least 12 months to, I mean, we do some pilots here for six episodes, but like if we're doing like six episode pilots, we're like, okay, well, we need to do at least six pieces of content for each episode. So you can really see the benefit of that over the next two, three months, whatever the agreement would be. I don't understand why there isn't a focus of just creating really freaking awesome content first and then worry about the metrics later. But I know that comes from the top down and there's this pressing need of knowing what the ROI is because if we're gonna spend X amount of thousands of dollars to repurpose content or even to create content overall, then there is gonna be no repurposing strategy down the line. So it's it's interesting to- But it's funny because companies do that anyway. They blindly spend money
0: on a webinar Group of things because that's what they think they're supposed to do, or writing a whole bunch of ebooks because that's what they think they're supposed to do, or if they looked at probably the ROI of what they're getting out of those things, it'd probably be in the negative.
1: Yeah, no, it's 100%. And that's, and I'm glad that we're like part of this narrative of pushing that forward of mm-hmm. like create content first. The SaaS and, and you know, leverage somebody individually who is got a bit of a following within your financial organization or your SaaS organization, and use them to then get more traction around LinkedIn, and then still have everything posted on on YouTube and and available there as well. Obviously, we know like there's always going to be some sort of like. Preconceived notion of what this organization is when you're posting it out there. So if you can leverage the individual who humanizes the organization in a bit of a different way, like I, we find that having more success. And overall for us, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, but like podcasting shouldn't be just like a PR campaign for the organization. It needs to be this whole separate, authentic approach to the organization humanizing what it is it they're trying to, to convey. Yeah, it needs.
0: I mean, if you were only doing it for PR, I would say don't do it. Like, that's why I honestly, that's why I don't look at businesses. I look at creators because I think creators focus on the right things. They're not worried about, if they're good, they're not worried about instantly selling a product right now because they know not everybody's in market for what they're selling, but they're worried about getting a thought, a narrative, a story out there into the world to when. They do stumble upon that exact problem. I see this all the time. Oh, repurposing, I do need it. You have a course on that, right? Like, you can help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. Like, if you're interested, I can. But people don't wake up thinking they have a repurposing and distribution problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And regardless of the business, the B2B space, wherever you're at, like, people aren't waking up thinking about necessarily the problem that your business solves. And that's why you have a marketing team is to market your point of view and get things out there. I think podcasts are a brilliant way to do that because you're actually seeing faces, you're hearing voices, you're making a connection. I say this all the time to people, but like, I bet if you listen to a favorite podcast, you watch your favorite TV show, whatever, and you saw that person out on the street, you would think you kind of knew them. Like, I know him, like, and we would see that too, where like, We'd be in an event or something like, "Oh, hey, da da da," and they just strike up a conversation because they felt like they knew them from listening to them on the show. And so, I think you can't replicate that type of thing, especially with like other types of content. That's why I, I think it's so key to do to podcasts and video right now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, and we're still early days. We're still scratching the surface, which is the best thing uh, about being in this industry, especially as it relates to B two B. Kind of last question here. What about the idea of any existing software that helps you repurpose content? Is there anything anything that you're seeing out there that is being leveraged or used or you're, you're finding interest in, or is it still too early days to manage that?
0: There's a couple of things that, I mean, I absolutely love using Descript. Like, I'm like Descript fanboy. I think for somebody who's not a hardcore video editor and, but can, do linear editing if need be, but like even just to pull clips, you know, there's a world where pulling clips for an agency is a nightmare at times because it's hey start with let you know word and at one minute thirty four seconds and end on word blah at here and cut out the dead space that, that that like there's a lot of nuance that goes into like video editing and like having somebody else do that for you and picking it just right. So I found like with Descript I can go in. I can pull the clip I want. I can take any word gaps out. I can remove any ums or ahs that I want. And then I can say, hey, video editor, just go skin this and make it look nice. I could even do that in the script if I wanted, But it was just like, hey, like I, that's one less thing I have to do. So like, I really like that tool for podcasts and pulling video and pulling clips. I've been playing around with different sort of like AI tools for like pulling content out of like blog posts and things like that haven't been super impressed yet as far as trying to get those to work for me but i think like that stuff will come i think like there's a world where those things will start to resonate and i could definitely see especially if you put some logic around it like hey just pull this 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 and help me frame it up with this layout like i could definitely see that get to that point
1: yeah. I love Descript. We've been early on Descript with them for a while. It's cool to see their their recent update and it's pretty badass to see yeah. where they've come. We have a partner in Casted, which is pretty interesting as well for podcasting. It allows you to dump in all your content, keyword search, things that you've talked about maybe a year ago, two years ago, it automatically transcribes once it's in there and you know, from there, you can then repurpose content based on, or create a clip off a video that you may have done nice. two years ago, a year ago, what have you. They're more in the podcasting space, but they also, they, I mean, it's podcasting video space, one and the same these days. So that's that's a good one too. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Jasper. This uh, I don't know if you know about Jasper AI. Uh, so they obviously just raised a, a shitload of money for Some their money. Series A. <laughs> It'll be cool to see how that plays into the the repurposing space, but um. Just man, thank you for jumping on. This was awesome. I know we went a little bit over, but this is good stuff.
0: All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Distribution First. And thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you so, so much. And I hope you're able to apply what you learned in this episode one way or another into your content strategy as well. Speaking of strategy, we have a lot of things going on this year that are going to help you build your brand, 10x your content and transform the way you do content marketing. Make sure to subscribe to the show and sign up for my newsletter at justinsimon.co so you don't miss a thing. I look forward to serving you in the next episode as well. And until then, take care, and I'll see you next time.